0: Now it's time for the Vogue Podcast. Listen up!
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Vogue Podcast, in which I'm interviewing professional voice actor John St. John, who's perhaps best known as the voice of Duke Nukem, the postal dude in Postal 4, but you also might have heard him in Half-Life Opposing Force, where he voiced Dr. Rosenberg and the soldiers. Welcome, John, and thank you so much for coming back for a second time.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me back for a second time.
1: Well, I'm I'm very honored that you're back and I can't wait to ask the first question. Uh, To those who didn't watch our first interview with John, uh, this is for you guys. So how did you get in VO and acting, John? Because, you know, you told us in the last interview that you started out with the radio and stuff. But how did you get into Mm -hmm. voiceover?
2: Uh, That was by uh, happenstance. You know, for uh, voice actors, there's a lot of luck involved in roles and even uh, getting into the business. So I I was uh, a radio broadcaster here in San Diego, and a production director was my job. You know, I made the commercials for the radio stations. And uh, one day, Lonnie Manella happened into my studio to record a spot for an auto dealer. And uh, I think you recall uh, Lonnie was the casting director who originally... uh, cast me in uh, the Sonic Adventure games and, oh, so many games, but most notably Duke Nukem 3D, uh, right out of the gate. And uh, just the, uh, uh, you know, being in the right place at the right time speaks volumes. So she wanders (laughs) in my studio one day and we meet, I record her for this commercial, we start talking about voice acting and such, and she asks me if I want to audition for this game called Duke Nukem. And uh, that's how it started for me. So a lot of luck uh you know i had a lot of practice uh, in radio doing character voices over the years but that i happened to be in the right place in san diego at the right time mm-hmm. 1995 to meet lonnie that day uh, that's how i got started well
1: lonnie is great um i know her i mean not personally but she's great mm-hmm. she's just great
2: she told me about oh yeah she's a that. super talent absolutely and just one of the sweetest ladies i know
1: yeah, same, probably. <laughs> uh, IMDb lists uh, Duke Nukem as your first gig, so that pretty much was your first gig, right?
2: Um, you know, I think the, they're listing that according to my memory. Uh, it's just that Duke Nukem 3D was the first one I really remember um, uh, Lonnie casting me for. It. There could have been uh, games prior to Duke Nukem, maybe Big Red Racing, one of those real early games, or the, the Candyland game. You Remember the Hasbro game, Candyland? They turn that into a, a, an interactive uh, CD-ROM uh, game. And th- that mm-hmm. may have actually come before Duke Nukem. Uh, my memory is, you know, scratchy. <laughs> so <laughs> no, it, it's possible fine. Duke Nukem wasn't the first, but it was certainly among the first three or four games that I ever did. Oh, yeah.
1: It's just great, you know, how when you got into voiceover, you, you immediately got this huge role that uh, you didn't even know it was so big after years, right?
0: Oh yeah,
2: it was uh, it was a decade before I knew anybody even played the game and cared about it. Yeah,
1: and did you, uh, you know, uh, as a child, were you imitating any voices that you heard, or?
2: Oh yeah, I, I suppose a lot of voice actors started that way. You know, you you learn your abilities at a young age. For me, back in the. Uh, 60s and 70s, of course, uh, the Warner Brothers cartoons, the Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck cartoons were very popular. The Hanna Barbera cartoons. So hearing the likes of Mel Blanc and Daws Butler and you know those those famous voice actors back in the day uh, inspired me, you know, to do character voices and imitate the voices I'd heard on TV. And um, yeah, that was a very much an inspiration uh, for me. That and listening to the radio a lot. Yeah,
1: right. That makes sense. Joshua mm-hmm. asks, uh, "So apparently you do great impressions of Jean Luc Picard, Mister Burns, Mister Smithers, <laughs> Roger Rabbit, and many, many more." And uh, he is wondering if uh, you could do some of those
2: impressions. Oh, uh, well, let me think of something here real quick. Gum, uh, Smithers. Why don't people like me? Uh, market research shows they think of you as somewhat of an ogre, sir. Why well, I should crush their skulls and eat their bones? Poor <laughs> words to that effect. Um, you know, the, uh, Patrick Stewart, I, I've always done a bad Patrick Stewart impression. Uh, you know, Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. But, you know, um, Patrick Stewart's voice has changed over the years, as you notice, as he gets older, like uh, you yeah. know, all of us. It happens to all of us. Yeah. When, when he was on Star Trek Next Gen...
0: His voice was strong. Mr. LaForge, engage. You know, he had this strong, this is Captain Jean Luc But now, when you see Patrick Stewart, he's got that more weathered sound to his voice. You know, it sounds older. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I, his, I know exactly. Yeah. His, yeah, so his voice has changed over the years. I, I'm afraid at some point that's going to happen to me, too. I guess it happens to everybody as we get old, and I'm getting old.
1: Yeah, I mean, your voice hasn't changed uh, too much, or at least I didn't notice over the past 20 years i mean uh, you still do a
0: great well duke. i hope not i certainly <laughs> hope not because duke needs to stay alive hail to the king baby
1: yeah and it's uh, especially nice that you've made a uh, cameo account where uh, you know fans can request uh, cameos from you which is
2: great oh yeah uh-huh that's right yeah and and you know it's funny i, I get several of those every every week and and what amazes me about uh, the cameo orders and and the con appearances and all that stuff is that you know there hasn't been a Duke Nukem game for a decade, uh, eleven yeah. years since Duke Nukem Forever came out, and yet the character is still so popular. I'm still being invited to conventions and and recording the Duke voice for various projects, yeah. uh, all the time. It's still it's a regular gig. Doing Duke's voice is a regular gig for me to this day.
1: Yeah, that just proves how big of a community and a fan base is behind Duke. You know.
2: Yeah, I'm very lucky to have that fan base.
1: Yeah, and it's just great. And recently. Uh, you did The Postal Dude for uh, Postal 4. So how did that come along?
2: Oh, I, I think the reason <clears throat> I got that gig, I know Running With Scissors was looking for somebody because uh, Rick Hunter was not available and I think Corey was also not available or they or they wanted to just get another voice. They figured they were on a roll getting different voices every time, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so as it turns out, Mike Jarrett, who's uh, friends with a good friend of mine, David Eddings, who is, I don't know if you recall, David Eddings was the uh, the first voice of Claptrap in the Borderlands games. Oh, yes. uh, David and I go back a few years. We're buddies. And uh, David and Michael were talking on the phone, and uh, Michael asked, uh, David, hey, do you know anybody who might be a good uh, fit for the, the Postal 4 game? And uh, Mr. Eddings recommended me, so they contacted me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Boom, they, you know, we started auditioning for it. And they originally had me um, audition in a voice uh, somewhat similar to Rick Hunter's. They wanted me to talk the way he did. And he sounded to me like a pukey FM disc jockey on the game. So I kind of did that. And they said, (laughs) no, that's not it. And I said, well, then just tell me specifically, what, what is the attitude? What is the character about? Because I wasn't familiar with Postal other than back in 1997 like, or ninety eight, it was banned in Australia for being over-the-top, stupid, ridiculous, violence, blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> yeah. that's all I knew of the game. I, I'd never played it. I'd never heard it. So I said, what do you want from the voice? And they said, somebody who's just really snarky as hell. And I went, God, you're talking to him. Uh, listen to me. Do I not sound like the snarkiest SOB you've ever heard? And and they went, yeah, kind of, you got that tone. I said, let me just audition in my regular voice. And I did. And they said, yeah, that's going to work for us. And, uh, it's incidentally the first game I've ever done in my natural speaking voice, which I hate. I don't, I, I think I sound whiny and nasally and, crappy my you know my regular voice mm-hmm. that's why i like doing voices because i don't like my own voice but as it <laughs> turns out uh it was snarky enough for uh running with scissors and that's how i got the postal four gig well it was just great and actually i believe
1: recently a a downloadable content released with uh, rick's and also cory's
0: voice as like mm-hmm. a voice back or something like that and i think that's just great mm-hmm. so now you can play as any one of the three voices your choice
1: yes correct yeah Mm hmm. Do you have perhaps a memorable line of the dude, something that you remember or something that the fans, oh, you know, ask
2: God to say, you know, off uh, the top of my head, I have terrible short term memory, dude. I'm really <laughs> sorry about that. But the one thing I can remember is, hey, you want to you want to sign my petition? Hey, <laughs> give me a minute and sign my damn petition, will you? Yeah, that's about all I can remember, to be honest with
0: you, because that that was his goal, getting people to sign the damn petition. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's fine. So you've been in the industry of voiceover for at least 20 years, right? So what would you you recommend to the aspiring voice actors who would like to get, you know, into professional VO?
2: Oh, okay. Well, keep in mind, when I got into it, I had the advantage of having been in radio for, God, already 25 or 30 years at that point um, because I started very young. Um, So I had an advantage of A, I had trying. I was already very good at it. And B there were a handful of famous voice actors doing gigs literally you could name them all you put all their names on one piece of paper in a 14 point font back in that day right <laughs> today oh my god everybody and their brother wants to be a voice actor you can go to mm-hmm. sites like voices.com or voice123.com and look at the yeah. total number of people subscribed who are who are trying to get their voices on projects and it's thousands and thousands so it's not like it was when i got into the business so my number one piece of advice for anybody who wants to be a voice actor today is um don't quit your day job treat it as a hobby voice acting because it's going to take years or a hell of a lot of luck before you book enough work to pay your bills as a voice actor
1: hmm. do you have uh, any other jobs you know on the side? oh i do
2: all kinds of stuff are you kidding? Yeah. Uh, aside, as a matter of fact, let's see, today is what, the 6th uh, in about uh, 17, 16, 17 days from now. On the 22nd, let me just say on May 22nd, I am DJing a wedding here in San Diego. Right. So that's something that's something I do. I'll bring all the gear. I DJ the whole event. I play the music for the ceremony. I play the dinner music during their their big sit down dinner. I'm the DJ doing all the dance music, uh, yeah, all that stuff for the wedding. And then I'm also uh, a um, ordained minister. So I'm an, an officiant, I'm trying to say that word correctly, officiant. In other words, I'm the guy who performs the ceremony, and I do it in the Duke Nukem voice. I've got one scheduled, uh, two of them scheduled for October of this year, and I've wow. already performed ceremonies in the past. I've done four in the past, not all in the Duke voice, but it is a thing now, since I'm an ordained minister, you can literally have Duke Nukem marry you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so that's amazing. a thing. So that, that's two side jobs right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: That's just great. I would never think something like that could be. <laughs>
2: <That's> just... <laughs> oh, that you could get married by Duke? Yeah, Yeah, for example.
1: Or I believe yeah. you would do any other characters too, right? Not just Duke.
2: Oh, well, sure, if, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, If you wanted me to <laughs> yeah. marry you in the big, the cat voice, that's your choice, but sure, I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just silly.
1: Yeah. Speaking of voices, uh, have you ever used any of your voices to fool somebody? And if so, for what?
2: The only thing I can think of offhand is at convention appearances, I would prank call, uh, you know, when I meet fans, they'd have me prank call their friends, family, whatever, as Duke Nukem or as Big the Cat. So uh, I guess that's about it really for fooling people. It would be, you know, just the prank calls I've done at
1: conventions. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have seen a video of uh, you doing one and that was just hilarious. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Often we get a very unexpected responses. But usually what happens is I get, you know, 10 to 12 seconds into the phone call and the person at the other end just starts laughing their head off because they know what's going on, you know? Yeah,
1: and that's just wonderful. You still do a lot of cons these days, right? I
2: do. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, what is the name of your panel or, or what do you do at these conventions?
2: Oh, it it all depends. I have various panels that I do. I mean, I've I've done panels on how to be a voice actor and what the job is all about. I've done uh, panels about my personal background and silly uh, things that have happened in my life experience. Um, My manager partner and I, co-host a panel called john st john's sexy naughty late night party <laughs> which is a very fun panel that's all sexually uh oriented as far as uh, you know trivia questions and then these uh, uh physical challenge games that are all sexually oriented as well it's hilarious mm. it's an 18 or 21 plus only panel and uh it has it has sold out the room every time we've done it we've packed the uh The uh, ballrooms, wherever we've done it. So I look forward to doing that again at some point.
1: Well, that's just great. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: it is. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have
1: any conventions coming up?
2: Uh, The the next one scheduled for me is KitsuneCon in Green Bay. That's coming up in July. Hmm. And... um, There are others that we're negotiating right now. I can't talk about them because we're, you know, we're still in talks and haven't signed a contract or anything yet. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, my, my own convention that I own that I do every year, we had to cancel it this year because of COVID. It was just as things were starting to ease up, but we weren't comfortable going out on a cruise ship. Until you know COVID is completely gone, so we had to postpone right. until next February, but uh, yeah, my king con cruise that's that that's a guaranteed uh, convention appearance for me every year because I own it <laughs> yeah,
1: funny, you should mention that. I just wanted mm-hmm. to ask you what goes on on these cruises that you host
2: oh oh okay, that's a good question um. <clears throat> Here's in my experience, the reason I came to having my own convention, which is on a cruise ship, is that I've done so many convention appearances over the years. And it occurred to me, I, I sat down one evening, I was thinking, if I were a fan, how would I respond to this? How, how would I be enjoying this? Am I enjoying this? Is this the experience I expected? Standing in line to get an autograph, speaking to some celebrity for 10, 15, 20 seconds, uh, you know, and, and then... That's it. And I thought, well, that's not very interactive, really. So I started hanging out at bars at conventions and meeting. And I tell the fans during my panel, hey, I'm going to be at this bar at this time if you want to hang out and have a drink. And, you know, I'd have 30, 40 people show up. Whoops. Sorry. Let me uh, whoop. <laughs> stop that phone call. Um, I'd have like 30, 40 people show up and hang out at the bar with me. And 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 I found that the experience that they wanted was to really get to know uh, me. Not not just get an autograph or whatever, but to actually meet me and, you know, being seeing somebody in a panel is one thing. You get to hear them. But getting to communicate with them and, and become friends, that takes, you know, hanging out together. So I thought if I ever had a convention, I would want to make one where the guests are actually interacting with the fans in some more direct manner than selling them an autograph card or, or speaking on a stage at a panel. And so that's how I came up with my King Kong cruise, which what better place to interact than in an adventurous environment. Right. So on my cruise, the guests, not just me, but I've got Wes Johnson and D.C. Douglas and Richard Epcar and uh, Todd Haberkorn. I I get great voice guests to come along and actually go on adventures with the fans. So I go kayaking or snorkeling with you. We'll climb the rock wall together. We'll play laser tag together and drunken mini golf. And I figured that's what the fans would really like. And so for the hundred or so people who have come along with us uh, on the most recent cruise, uh, it turns out to be right. We've all become friends and they love it so much that they're all coming back each year. We're going on oh our God. third year uh, next February, and and it turns out to be a, a formula that really works, where the fans get to really actually hang out with us. And then we all become friends by the end of a week on a cruise where we've done all these fun things and eaten all our meals together. You know, we're, we're all really friends. And it makes a big difference when you're on Facebook and you see somebody who's a fan that you've actually hung out with, as opposed to somebody you met once seven yeah. years ago at a convention. I, I can't remember those people Because, you know, my memory is not great. I remember faces Mm -hmm. pretty well. But when I've hung out with them for a week on my vacation (laughs) and I'm vacationing with them, I'll never forget these people. They're now my friends. So if you're the kind of fan who wants to be friends with celebrity voice actors or whatever, my King Kong cruise is the perfect thing for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mm-hmm. believe you also had uh, Ellen McLean and John Patrick Lowry on. And uh, uh, oh yeah, oh they man. were
2: great. They're it was great fun people. to have Glados on our cruise. <laughs> <laughs> and John Patrick Lowry is just one of the nicest gentlemen you'll ever meet. We we loved having them along.
1: I also interviewed them on the podcast, and they're just so mm-hmm. so great. Uh, mm-hmm. I I wonder if you will have them back sometime soon.
2: Oh, you mean as guests on King Kong yes, Cruise? Yes, yes. Absolutely, they're at the top of the list you know I have a a bunch of uh, voice actor friends that I have to get to first you know I don't want to repeat too many there's only one who's a repeat every year and that's Wes Johnson because he hosts the um, voice of Palooza uh, which is the big panel that we do during the cruise And uh, so he's the only one who's a repeat every year. But once we get through all of my friends who've asked to be guests (laughs) on the cruise, then we'll circle back around again. And and John Patrick Lowry and Ella McLean, absolutely at the top of the list. Can't wait to see them again.
1: Oh, that just sounds really fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. Actually, recently you have posted on Facebook uh, a League of Legends voice pack. So, Oh so yeah. How, mm-hmm. how did that came along, or you know?
2: Oh uh, well, these these guys who they own this company. Um, it's getgood.ai. G i t g u t getgood.ai. <laughs> I thought they were German at first, but they're not German. <laughs> um, they they just approached me. Uh, they sent me an email and, and said, "Hey, look, we're uh, wanting to add voice packs to League of Legends. It's a, it's an uh, AI program that automatically triggers these things at certain points of the game." to help players become better. And we're wondering if you'd be willing to do it. And I, I, I looked at it, and I said, well, let's see what kind of project it is. And it is you know, uh, um, what I call a, a long-term project. In other words, it, it was a, a lot of recording, many, many thousands of lines. Oh, so wow. that, you know, I, I, because there are lines for each character that have to be repeated and there are actions to take and there, you know, just whatever your situation is, there's there's uh, so many different scenarios for where this AI uh, program can trigger my voiceover to come in. But what it is, is uh, me in the Duke Nukem voice training you how to play League of Legends to be a better player. And I said, yeah, I'd be interested in doing that. You know why? Because here it is. The Duke voice gets out there again. There may not exactly. be any new Duke Nukem games coming anytime soon, right. uh, but by golly, I'm still getting hired to do that voice, and now Duke is a part of League of Legends as, you know, a voice pack that trains you and helps you through the game, so absolutely I was down with doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just thought of it as so interesting, because I didn't know what to think. Is it something official, or, or is it just something fan-made?
2: Oh, no, no, this is done by, uh, this is a, a major company that's putting this together. It ah, was, uh, okay. I mean, Riot Games, uh, sanctioned this, so, yeah, ah. this, this is the real deal. So, and, you know, it's, it's only 10 bucks to buy the voice pack, so I highly recommend yeah. that you and all of your gamer buddies go to getgood.ai and, and buy it for nine ninety nine. For sure. We'll include <laughs> the link in the description. Oh, oh, thank you. I hope I sold it right then.
1: Of course. I mean, okay. you're a radio guy. <laughs>
0: right i even cupped one hand over my ear to tell you to buy the voice back yeah exactly
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there's a question from fran f so Mm -hmm. what are your strengths and weaknesses as a voice actor if that's something you can talk about
2: oh wow uh my strengths and weaknesses um well starting with strengths i think my vocal range first of all from very low to very high voices um I think that I I still have a very strong voice, and I emote uh, very well, very loud, and I have uh, no fear in the studio whatsoever. Uh, there are, I know, a lot of voice actors who prefer to just do everything at home or in a studio with one person, you know, across from them that they, they know already because they're shy to perform live. Mm-hmm. Me? No. I'm an attention whore. The more people who are looking at me... Uh, If I'm not the center of attention, I'm not going to be happy. So that is a strength because when I get in the studio on the microphone, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock and roll and perform, and I'm not shy about it at all. Um, As far as weaknesses, um, I can only think of one right off the bat, and that is um, that I get a preconceived notion of what a voice is going to be when I see artwork first. Mm -hmm. So I've been sent auditions where they send artwork, and I – will often not look at the character artwork before I do my audition. I prefer to base the voice on the criteria they provide, not the artwork, because when I look at the artwork and I get the face of the character or the physique of the character in my mind, I make up a voice for it and I'm kind of stuck in that mode. And sometimes uh. that's not what the director wants when they're you know, they're going, you have uh, the right range and attitude for this character, but we want to change it to this. I have a hard time breaking out of the voice that I made up for that character that I'm looking at. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, I, I. I think that is a weakness because uh, it's so hard. Once I have the voice in my head, I can't get it out.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's actually so a pretty that's a good weakness. Point. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, do you remember anything funny happening during a recording session?
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, oh one thing in particular that believe it or not involves lonnie manella and the only reason i remember it clearly because you know one recording session is pretty much the same as another there's a script in front of me there's a microphone and and somebody on the other side of the glass so every session is about the same it's not like you know uh, it doesn't matter that you're acting the part you forget it after you're done with it but um lonnie directing me in the duke nukem 3d game there was something about the captain's log i discovered the captain's log and when she's giving me direction, she goes, and I don't mean the log in the toilet. It's not like the captain was taking a dump. And, and so, my first reading of the line went, like, Oh, the captain's log. And I couldn't get it out because I'm just picturing a turd in the toilet. And thank you so much, oh, Lonnie, for that. Um, the only reason, like I said, I remember it is because it's all over YouTube and on the internet as one of those funny Duke Nukem outtakes. Um, But that's about it. Uh, I have uh, very pleasant memories of uh, different recording sessions. Um, For instance, doing um, Bulletstorm full clip edition. Um, Gearbox software treated me like a king and flew me first class out to Dallas and put me up in a five-star hotel, paid me handsomely to record every day at their facility, which was wonderful. And just a great staff of people that I got to work with. at at Gearbox during that time. I'll always remember that as one of my favorite recording uh, projects because of how well I was treated during it.
1: Well, I believe uh, you've also worked with uh, Gearbox on Mm Half-Life.
2: Yeah, yeah, that goes way, way back. That's a long time ago. Yeah.
1: And I don't expect you to remember anything. Um, But uh, after we're done with the questions, if you would mind uh, reenacting a line or two if I play...
0: A voice clip oh sure okay let's hear the questions
1: well so Lonnie told me that both of you had dreams of being an animation made by Disney or Pixar etc do you think it's a celebrity issue that's keeping you from it or something else
2: oh well um, that that is number one absolutely the celebrity issue that the, the Hollywood a-listers are getting these jobs because mm. the film producers believe that's gonna sell more tickets uh, to their films. And and that's a shame, too, because uh, you're hoping to sell more tickets based on a celebrity voice uh, that may not even have been the best voice for the character or the best acting for the character because, obviously, your your story's not strong enough, your animation's not strong enough. you got to bring in a celebrity voice for it. That's kind of a l- wimpy, limp excuse, in my opinion. But, yes, celebrity A-listers get all those roles now. There are very few animated projects from Dreamworks Pixar any of them that uh, are you know really good voice actors as opposed to Hollywood A listers so yeah. yeah that that's the number one reason that we're not getting those gigs is because uh, i'm not known as well as you know George Clooney so they're not going to cast me for the role it's not going to sell any tickets so it's
1: unfortunate go. though for sure
2: oh well it is what it is. We have to look at other jobs now, and any voice actor will tell you, if you're not doing advertising, you're not paying your bills. Yeah. You know? It's not all about doing video games or, or animated projects, because I, I think very few people, are, very few voice actors are making a living doing that. You have to have side gigs. And of course, for me, it's uh, selling mattresses and cars. <laughs>
1: And that's a good thing i mean that's a
2: good it thing. is a good thing it's very steady work and i'm paid well to to be the voice of these different companies so i, yeah. I and i'm happy to do it is it's an easy living i sit right here where i'm talking to you from right now and record commercials about king-size mattresses for the same price as a twin and they pay me for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty i don't even have to write the script they write it all for me i just read it and boom i get a paycheck that's it's a yeah. it's a pretty good life i i'm very fortunate
1: yeah, I, I guess you are. Speaking of which, the WinComp mm-hmm. is asking, do you find voice acting to be fun or is it very stressful work?
2: Oh, it's not stressful at all. I, well, I take that back. It can be vocally stressful, but as far as the, the the job of being a voice actor, I don't find it stressful at all. I find it to be uh, very satisfying, very fun, very easy. I'm very fortunate to have The job i have and all voice actors should feel that way and the famous voice actors especially because not only did they have the talent to start with but they had the luck to be in the right place at the right time to land the role they got that made them so famous so yeah we should all give a a great deal of gratitude to the powers that be for being voice actors who can make a living doing it we're all very fortunate
1: yeah for sure and i mean uh, you, you know, you did Duke Newcomen that's just so great. People love you, and I'm not sure, maybe <laughs> you have more fans than you realize, but I, I know you know you have a pretty big fan base, but, uh, you know, it's just uh,
2: great. I hope so. I hope so. Because doesn't everybody just want to be loved? Yeah, right. Yeah, so I hope I have a, a, a huge fan base. I want people to remember me when I'm gone as... You know, somebody who made them happy, who gave them something to enjoy, some 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 amount of entertainment or or joy. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. what makes me happy and motivates me every day. Great to interact with fans, is it not? Oh yeah, it is. I, because I, I just want to give back a little bit. You know, I I mm-hmm. wouldn't be anybody if it weren't for the fans. The fans are what, what you know m- make my my fun work my funnest work the most possible because you know doing commercials every day that that is a job it's a nice fun easy job but uh being a lead character in a video game or in an animated project that's that's the real fun right there and doing the convention appearances that's the real fun for me the travel the meeting new people and and i couldn't have any of that if it weren't for the support of the fans that i have so yeah i'm i'm very very grateful for the fans that was a heartwarming message. <laughs> uh, yeah. That uh, was a touching and tender moment. And now the countdown continues. I'm sorry, I got into Casey Kasem mode there for a moment.
1: It's all good. Do you have any right. secrets for you know repairing a thrashed throat?
2: Oh, uh, well, uh, hydrating, drinking a lot of water. For me personally, hot tea and honey is is very good for it. But the best advice I have is to look up a company called Thayer's who have uh, various lozenges of slippery elm bark, and that tends to really heal up worn vocal cords quickly. Uh, It's not cheap, often. You pay like 60 bucks for a bag of lozenges from Thayer's, but they they work really well. So, yeah, there's your fix right there. If you've worn your voice out, get some Thayer's slippery elm bark lozenges.
1: Well, that's all that matters, that, uh, you know, you're able to fix your vocal cords as quickly as possible because, you know, you have to sell mattresses.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly,
1: right. And, okay, well, I'm gonna write these uh, two lines in the chat, uh, you know, from Half-Life. Oh,
2: let me open my chat screen real quick.
1: I'll I'll play them for you so you can kind of remember the voice you did for Dr. Rosenberg. It was something like your normal speaking voice.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Let's hear him. Yes, I'm Dr. Rosenberg. Although I'm not very proud to admit it, seen as though I'm partially responsible for all of this. Yes, I'm Dr. Rosenberg. Although I'm not very proud to admit it, seen as though I'm partially responsible for all of this.
1: Is there some kind of an accent involved in that voice? or
0: A slight bit. Yeah, a little bit of the Patrick Stewart again. Just a little bit. <laughs>
2: I might have overdone it in the live version just now. But, yes, Dr. Rosenberg. In fact, I just recorded some Dr. Rosenberg lines last week, believe it or not.
1: I know um, you're working on a Are you mod. familiar? Uh, I yes, am. exactly. But, a Half-Life uh... mod. Yeah, I actually wanted to ask uh, if uh, you're willing to, you know, work with the community, not only on Half-Life, but, you know, how do you react when, you know, like the community asks you to record something?
2: I'm pretty open to it, but I'll tell you, I always reach out first to the powers that be at Gearbox, who own the licensing rights, just to make sure. I mean, they don't own my voice, but... Uh, if it's a Duke Nukem game that's going to generate revenue, I have to be very careful about that because I, I have a great deal of respect for Gearbox. And uh, I will occasionally reach out to them and say, hey, is this cool? And, and if they're not cool with it, I won't do it. Um, but uh, all, all game developers and indies should definitely feel free to reach out at, to me all the time. They usually assume that I'm not going to do that kind of stuff. But I'm always willing to work with uh, indie producers and developers, and uh, they should feel free to contact me anytime about it. Um, serious inquiries only, though. You know, I'm not inviting everybody to go, hey, will you record this? If you just want the Duke Nukem voice for something for fun, just go to Cameo. Yeah, Go to the right. John St. John Cameo. That's that's the way to get that. And I've actually done some lines for uh, streamers uh, via cameo. They wanted an introduction hmm. to their their streaming cast, right? So hmm. I said, Well just buy a cameo and write what you want me to say and it's as easy as that.
1: Yeah, that's just great. And let's not discuss this half-life mod that you recorded for i know what it is uh, oh, but, okay. uh so so uh, did you reach out to gearbox here too i mean they don't own uh, half-life anymore but uh, did you reach out to them or how did the process go
2: no no uh the, the the fella putting the mod together reached out to me directly and i just went oh yeah no problem i can do that it's just a mod for the the existing game i don't think there's you know there, there's no big money to be made there this is just a fan project basically yeah um, so I I did not think that whoever is uh, whoever has publishing rights to that game I don't, I don't think they would mind at all. This yeah. is just an addendum to the game that's already done.
1: Yeah, that's right. And this is just so nice. So mm-hmm. guys, if you guys are working on a mod and would you know want John to do some soldiers or Dr. Rosenberg for Half Life or you know anything else, uh, feel free to reach out. Don't to be afraid. Email. Yeah, do not
2: be afraid. Exactly. Oh, and, and, and that is John Fornow, J-O-N, the number four, N-O-W, John For now at gmail.com. And don't be surprised if I respond to you and go, okay, what do you want? <laughs> That's right. We'll include his email address in the
1: description, too. But guess what? We have a soldier line here.
2: So, um... Oh, okay. I don't even recall what soldier line voices I did, but let, let's hear
1: Okay. What do you uh, got? This is the script, and this is the
2: voice line. Uh-huh. Where's Freeman? We don't have time to mess around here. I'm not letting you go until you talk. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I'm, I know that's me. Where's Freeman? We don't have time to mess around here. I'm not letting you go until you talk. That's just me being gruff. <laughs> and angry.
1: Dr. Rosenberg is a different character in The Soldiers, and it's just so... Mm-hmm. uh so great that you made them sound so different
2: you know oh here's something you should check out if you haven't already is the the old twisted metal four game where i'm pretty much the entire cast me and lonnie are the entire cast in that game so i am everything from rob zombie to general warthog to ralph (laughs) jones to the sweet sweet tooth spokes clown that introduces everything check out twisted metal four and and then you go oh wow or or candyland adventure the only uh, character, a male character that I did not portray was King Candy, but I was all of the others, Gloppy and Lord Licorice and, you know, all, all of the male cast I did for that game, too.
1: Yeah, that's just great. Well, I'm sure the fans will appreciate that you did these two voice lines from Half-Life because you don't usually talk about Half-Life. There is not much to discuss. They, you know, just some... Miscellaneous roles that you forgot about, I think, real quick. So I think it's uh, it was important to bring this up, um, and uh, yeah, pretty much this covers up all the questions. So do you think it would be possible to say a farewell in the voice of Dr. Rosenberg to the fans?
0: Oh, uh, yes, as Dr. Rosenberg, I I think you should all thank. Ronald for the the podcast, and no, no, I'm... Oh, God, no, I sound like Patrick Stewart as Jean-Luc Picard again. I'm sorry, I, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> I kind of lost myself in that.
1: It's all good, Whoops.
0: no worries. <laughs> oh, anyway, thank you for coming today and listening to the podcast. I hope that you have a pleasant afternoon.